No Fate Project Report, June 2021, Timeline K1. In Kaiju News, four remain. Two protectors, two destroyers. First lead the destroyers. Hazel and the Nutcrackers have been on a rampage through Turkey. They targeted the country's famous specialty nut shops, seizing nuts from both the shelves and the customers. Today, they reached the border with Syria, leading to speculation that Hazel may seek an alliance with fellow destroyer the Aggregator, already in Syria himself. The Aggregator is now besieging Syria's capital city of Damascus. The Destroyer is not aligned with any human faction, indiscriminately destroying buildings for his growing debris wall. Shortly following this year's sham election, President Bashar al-Assad, the cowardly lion, sought to flee. However, in the chaos, rebels swamped the presidential palace, dragged Assad from his helicopter, and threw him off the side of the roof. Damascus isn't rebel territory, but apparently the city's silent sympathizers found courage in the chaos. As for the protectors, Big Tanuki and the Antarctic protector are going west through China, restoring air, water, and soil along the way. Tanuki also mourned at the sites of Japanese atrocities in China. According to projections, based on their linear red line across the map. In keeping with the protector's tendency to follow the destroyers, both to fight them and heal their carnage, their long journey westward appears ultimately headed toward Syria. Finally, and adorably, the two protectors have developed an affectionate, though apparently asexual, relationship, sleeping in a tight embrace with the Antarctic protector as the big spoon. In other news, here in California, a separatist cartel backed by Vertical Corp and Silicon Valley has taken advantage of the crisis caused by the defeated Bird of Prey's irradiation of the state, seizing control, redubbing California as the New California Republic. They claim they're establishing the first true state-level digital democracy in the world. Some are even claiming it's the start of the singularity. But that mostly seems to consist of turning the state into a tech company in the largest company town in the world. The Republic has established a new investor-appointed role of state CEO with significant executive powers, and the likeliest appointee is current Vertical Corp CEO Edison Fordham. Many citizens are attempting to flee, but Vertical Corp's private cops close the borders. Wealthier opponents of the regime are fleeing on private jets, including the traditional political class who were purged from the legislature. Meanwhile, right-wing evangelicals are arguing the nuclear sinkhole left behind by the Bird of Prey's corpse is a holy site that must be protected. Smaller death cults have taken to throwing themselves into the sinkhole, while the larger evangelical churches are sticking to their usual ceremonial practices, but incorporating the bird of prey into their theology as the angel of death, bringing news that the rapture is just around the corner. 
That's just the hardcore evangelicals, though. Most other churches and religions see the bird of prey for what he was, an unholy enemy of life on Earth. And that's it for this month's News Roundup. As for your intrepid reporter, things have been particularly dramatic this month. First, I received word from Director Tate that Ani had disappeared, and she suspected Pikmin Foundation involvement. Professor Don Levy was the only obvious Pikmin Foundation lead in the state, so I revved up Connor and headed across the New California Republic. Oh yeah! Connor is the No Fate Project's ride, named after the great Sarah Connor. She's a rusty old Pontiac from a car yard. We fixed her up, the paint had faded, so we repainted with Tanuki and the protector on each side, fitted No Fate plates, then added some weapon mods. Project leadership were initially skeptical on the basis that diesel guzzlers contribute to the sixth mass extinction, but we convinced them since the Republic has suspended public transport in favor of so-called app solutions, plus being second-hand, the only really expensive part was the machine gun turret. It's also pretty badass in terms of dystopian aesthetics, to be honest. Anyway, with the entire state irradiated by the bird of prey's leaking corpse, I had to contend with a few feral ghouls along the way. Usually, I could just run them down, or if it got particularly crowded, I could just use the turret. But then I ran through a particularly dense cluster in territory held by the ghoul cult of the six-winged seraph. My wheels got stuck in a pile of ghoul corpses, so I had to get out and fix that manually. Fortunately, my proximity to the protector pair's healing blasts last month seems to have healed my back, so I'm more mobile than the last few years. But even with the back problems I've had, I always kept up the martial arts, and the metal cane that I used to help me walk continued to come in handy. I also passed through three checkpoints on the way, run by Vertical Corps Mercenary Private Police Force. They're honestly way scarier than the ghouls, but they let me and Connor through with papers supplied by Dr. Tate. I got to the hospital and it was mostly abandoned. The insurance companies have largely pulled out of California, but Don Levy still has backing from the Pikmin Foundation, so he got transplants after our last confrontation. Knowing the Pikmin Foundation, I doubt those transplants were ethically sourced. Still, they gave me a perfect opportunity for enhanced interrogation when he refused to give up any information. Tell me where Ani is, and you get to keep these. Thank you. That wasn't so hard, was it? I lied. The last time you endangered Ani, I promised them to break these permanently. Now, you've endangered Ani again. Good night, swinish prick and flights of demons keep you from rest. Then I ate them to consume his power. 
Just kidding. I put them in the waste compactor. So he spilled the beans about my whereabouts? Beans indeed, like a piñata. You just have to know where to strike. He told me the mysterious Mason Morell from Miskatonic had you locked up in Don Lovey's old basement at Dyer Station. Alive, thank fuck. So I messaged Dr. Tate to let her know what happened at your end. You remember Tate recruited me to steal Dyer's diary from Morell? Karen Lopez, the admin, got me a blueprint of the guard's scanning pattern in exchange for Valium and vodka. You shouldn't mix those. Uh, she's just stockpiling for the station's black market. Anyway, I managed to evade the taser rumbas, but then Morale caught me and stuffed me in one of Don Levy's cages. I'm gonna talk to Dr. Tate about endangering you, and using you as a pawn like that. That's sweet, honey, but don't. It was my choice, and she came through in the end. Why didn't she try the basement as soon as you disappeared? She did, but remember, guard robots. Ah. She needed permission from Morel to enter. He cloaked the cage, gagged me, and then put on some new metal to drown out my muffled cries. Then he gave her a guided tour. It was pretty obvious she was suspicious, but she was also surrounded by potentially lethal automatons and on her own. So it makes sense she didn't want to chance it until she knew for sure what was happening. Once we were alone again, Morella ungagged me and reminded me the place is soundproofed. I was hoping for a villainous monologue where he'd reveal everything. No monologue? But instead he tried enhanced interrogation. Oh no, what did he do? Well, it was similar to your interrogation techniques with Don Levy, but once he realized I was into it, he gave up. I reminded him that the last time somebody put me in danger, a burly man with martial arts training chased him across two continents and used my favorite tiger claw move. Why am I always the damsel in distress? Well, I'm a North American top with a deep voice, and you're an Antipodean power bottom, and you're worth getting my hands dirty for. Well, thank you. Anyway, that reminder of your ruthlessness clearly spoke to Morel. After that, he didn't talk to me. He didn't even acknowledge me, really, like the room was empty. I don't think he actually wanted a prisoner. Locking me up was a split-second decision to protect the diary. He knew either releasing me, using me as a bargaining chip, or killing me could put him in danger. Yeah, I'm not known for my forgiveness. Or Ruth. Did you glean any info? Nada. He got calls from the Pikmin Foundation, but he always left the room to take them. Every so often he'd chant to himself while lighting a black candle or some other ceremonial nonsense. Same chant every time, Polypusit Deus? I assume that's Latin, what does it mean? The octopus is God? Weird. The Pikmin Foundation worships an octopus. Maybe an aquatic kaiju we don't know about yet? Maybe. Anything else? Well, there's a nightmare I'd usually forget, but the way things are going it might matter. So, half asleep on the second day, I saw Morel talking to this shadowy, dark, tall man I've sensed during sleep paralysis. The tall man was like a walking shadow, no features, thin, indistinct shape. 
He had a croaky, rasping voice, and it sounded like they were speaking an ancient language, maybe Egyptian? I drifted off to sleep again, then the tall man was gone when I awoke. Usually I'd say a nightmare is a nightmare, but these are unusual times. There was that weird thing with the memory stone. Aside from the memory stone and everyone on the base having similar nightmares, Karen claims the tall man has shown up on CCTV footage wandering the corridors, visiting us while we sleep. Problem is he's just a shadow, so it could be anything. A digital artifact, mass hysteria, an actual shadow. A shadow of what? I've been having those nightmares now too, actually, and you know, all sorts of creatures. Maybe it's anxiety about the kaiju, maybe you gave me the idea, who knows? Who knows? Otherwise, Morel spent most of the time poring over various books, mostly the diary. I still haven't read a word, uh, but I can see the gothic appeal, old leather-bound cover, fancy key, mildewed pages, match the decor with Don Levy's dusty dormant tech and Morel's various Pinterest Wiccan items and the Evanescence and MCR he was blasting. I never would have picked a New England Ben Shapiro lookalike for a corporate emo fan, but appearances can be deceptive. Maybe the music was another attempt at enhanced interrogation? Can't stand that shit. If so, it was about as effective as the previous attempt. I love it, personally. Well, Ani, will you be the savior of the broken, the beaten, and the damned? I try. Goddamn white savior. Cancelled. Yeah, to be fair, I am one of the broken, the beaten, and the damned, so it counts as horizontal solidarity. Morale's about as much of a beta cuck bottom as I am, really. So his emo taste figures. I heckled him as a fake goth, told him to go back to Hot Topic, so he switched to underground black metal for the cred and turned it up to drown me out. Then, suddenly, the music stopped and everything blacked out. When the lights flicked back on, Tate and the Robinsons were standing over Morel's body. She executed him point blank while they held him down. Fuck yeah, take that, you New England Ben Shapiro looking fuck. Yeah, team protectors on a rampage. How did they deal with the defense robots? Localized EMP, hence the blackout. So turns out Dr. Tate's a badass. It's true. So I've had two men killed on my behalf this week. Thoughts and prayers to the families of Bernard, Don Levy, and Mason Morrell, I guess. Thoughts and prayers. I mean, thank you for saving my life again, but shit's getting real. Then, after all that, Tate didn't tell me anything. She just sent me home and kept the diary for herself. I don't regret backing her as head of the project, but after a couple of days in a cage, it'd be nice to know why. On the plus side, before leaving, we commemorated Antarctica's fourth celebrated pride. I'll send you the pic. The Robinsons were cute with their lesbian flag. Me and Lopez just had the old-fashioned rainbow flag. Lopez? Karen. 
I was thinking we use surnames for everyone else. Is it disrespectful just using a first name? Why do scientists get the surname and administrators get the first name? We go by first names, Derek and Ani. But unfortunately, her first name is Karen, though. Yeah, I mean, it's not a very flattering first name. I think she deserves better. And we're in data entry, so that's exactly the point. Pure classism. Anyway, the glorious Dr. Cassandra Tate is in the middle of the pic with no flag, just toasting the camera with a glass of port. It was a nice note to end on, but I'm happy to leave the eternal night of the base. That place is a nightmare even with the Pride celebrations. How is everybody on that station gay? I think it's because Dr. Tate does the hiring and firing. On which note, she fired me budget cuts. Wait, how did you get off Antarctica right in the middle of winter? Usually only penguins get to leave this time of the year. Well, birds and seals, but get this. It turns out Don Levy was sitting on teleportation tech, so Tate sent most of the staff home. Wait, teleportation? Why doesn't Don Levy use it, like, all the time? Turns out it tears a massive rift in space-time, weakening the boundaries between timelines and threatening existence itself. I guess even Don Levy knows that's a bit far, so Tate disabled the transporter and now they're working on fixing the rift, so don't think we'll be able to use that again. Meanwhile, I'm back with Dad in Wellington. How was that? It's stable. New Zealand is a bit of a life raft. The only kaiju to visit us was the Protector, helping eradicate the zombie plague after we'd apparently eradicated COVID. Uh, we've still got capitalism though, so we haven't eradicated all viral threats to human life. Uh, this suburb is pretty boring, but it's safe at least. And there are actual days, not just the eternal Antarctic winter. Well, I'm glad you're finally safe. But after all that, we still have no way of knowing what's in that diary. Well, I wouldn't say that. Oh? I scanned it just before Morel caught me. Feels sacrilegious scanning a near antique, but nobody's telling us anything. Fuck yeah. Can you send it to me? It's in our OneDrop folder. I also nicked some files, including an audio file called Tallman, so maybe that's relevant. Uh, can you do the research? You're so much more of a lore hound than I am. Plus, I was in a cage for two days. I missed two days of TV. That is so much TV. Yeah, rest up, babe. I'll print it out tonight and find out what the big deal is with William Dyer's 1930s expedition and the connection with the base. Just don't go loopy over it like everyone seems to. You keep me sane when you're not driving me nuts. I didn't think it was possible to miss Antarctica, but I do miss when we had a bed together. Sane. I'm gonna have a shower and get some sleep. Good night, babe. Nice.